You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey folks, how's it going out there? I'm very, very excited to tell you about our new sponsor, Gun Street Wiring Shop. They are located somewhat local to me in Bend, Oregon, one of my very favorite cities in the whole world. I love that town. And they specialize in making custom wiring harnesses for your various guitars. They make them for Les Pauls, Strats, Tellys, all that good stuff, and many more if you just hit them up. Um, they pride themselves on having excellent customer service, and I can say so far in my interactions with them, that is definitely been the case. They were super responsive and super helpful with any questions I may have had, and so far I'm super pleased with what I've seen from Gun Street Wiring Shop. I have a harness inbound. I'm going to replace in my 2005 Les Paul Special, which has had some spotty pots for a while, so this will be a very worthy upgrade. I'm really excited to put it in and give you guys a full review, but in the meantime, go check out GunStreetWiringShop.com and check out all their offerings. I really like what they have going on, and I think you guys will too. This episode is also brought to you by those solder-slinging, tech-flexing, wonderful, gorgeous human beings from Sinusoid. Sinusoid Custom Cables, the cables with a 100-year warranty. The boys from Washington, you guys, you gotta know them by now. If you don't know Sinusoid, why not? What is going on? What more do I have to say to get you to get some Sinusoid cables? Those guys are the best in the business, and they have amazing customer support and really unique product options that you can't find anywhere else. And if you don't see what's, you know, what you want on their website, build it in their custom cable builder. That's what it's there for. You can make the cable of your dreams and know that you're going to be taken care of. So go to sinusoid.com, check them out, and treat yourself. Please, please treat yourself. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and people behind it. As you might be aware, or maybe you're not because you just clicked on this for the first time, I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today I have returning Mr. Joel Cordy of Chase Bliss, who sounds like he's getting ab- arrested right now. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> This oh, is this rare because I, you know, you know, Chase Chase Bliss is in a quiet suburb in Minnesota, um, Anoka, and usually there's not sirens going on. So, but you so, know, yeah. you've been into that illegal activity, and they're coming. Oh, for you know, you. they'll eventually get you, one way or the other. <laughs> it's true. No matter how how tight you try to walk the line, they always yep. come. Mm-hmm. Johnny Law is going to get you. <laughs> Johnny Law is going to come. I hear you've been manufacturing high-quality effects pedals in here, Mr. Cordy. Um, mm-hmm. What are we going to do about that? Time to take you to the slammer. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying my best, you know? Just trying to, you know, do everything above brow, right? Yeah, well, in your efforts, you've... Uh, Got some illegal chips from Mexico. They've got that Pablo Escobar connection. So we're going to have to... Luckily luckily for me, most people that come into the shop have no idea what's going on. You know, um, 
you know, like we'll have mail care, you know, we'll have, we'll have different people come in and they'll just be like, what, what is this stuff? But then it's funny because every once in a while you'll get someone to come in that's, you know, that's like in, in, in to guitars and into mm-hmm. amps or, or pedals or whatever. And they're, they're just really fascinated with what's going on. Oh, I believe that. It, it's, yeah. it, you know, we get so wrapped up in all this stuff. Um, you know, you, you know, you go to things and people, you inevitably, if you're talking to somebody new, you get the question like, what do you do? And, uh, you know, that used to be easy to explain for me. And now it's like, well, you know, these little boxes that like you see guys step on sometimes. I, I yeah. yeah, I'm involved in those. And the, the, oftentimes like most people, it's almost, it's almost surprising to probably guys like you and me who are so into the, the business. It's like, most people don't even know what an effects pedal is. Like, yeah. Like not yeah, just I guitar players, but people in general. Usually, usually when I'm describing it, oftentimes the light bulb will go off if I say wah wah pedal. People mm. know what wah wah pedals are. Normal people know what wah wah pedals are for some reason. That is a very valid point. I think people, they know what that sound is. Yeah. Yeah, I and then they kind of that. make the sound. Yeah, yeah, just say, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like a wah wah pedal. They're like, oh yeah, okay, so you just make wah wah pedals. And I say, yep, <laughs> yep, that's all. That's all you ever ever done, right? Mm-hmm. It's just wah wah pedals. Just wahs. Chase bliss wah. I I don't mm-hmm. even know how many dip switches would be on a chase bliss wah. Probably zero. Probably oh. just be a wah pedal. <laughs> Why, why, uh, why improve perfection? Is that what you're getting? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good wah pedals out there. It's true. Well, that's, uh, that actually kind of does lead me into something I wanted to talk about. So you've done a lot of stuff since we last talked. Uh, you know, maybe people are aware and maybe they're not, but, um, one thing I wanted to talk a little, as much as we can talk about it, I suppose it's out in the wild now. Um, I want to talk about the Thermae. Cause yeah. for old, the uh, old listeners, people have been around for a while. Yeah, they're so old. All my elderly fans. Uh, they, uh, they probably remember the Thermae was the, the pedal that you said, I had this idea today and I don't know if I can make it work. And despite my best efforts to tease it out of you. I couldn't get it out of you what the idea was. And I think that was literally like the idea day, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was really cool. I remember that. Although the concept of the the idea that I had that they morphed a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I should have before this episode, I should have went back and listened to that one. How long ago was it? Oh man. Like probably a year and a half or two years ago. Somewhere okay. in that ballpark. It was quite so a while ago. To, so so that was two thousand sixteen. And it was in the summertime because I was strollerblading. Yes, you definitely yeah. were. <laughs> I was strollerblading, yeah. You still doing that? Uh, yeah, I've done it a couple times already since it's warmed up. Good man. Haven't Good man. thought of any new pedal ideas yet. 
whilst stroller blading, but that will change. I, that will definitely um, change. I feel like you can't help but come up with new ideas while performing that wonderful American pastime. Yeah. So I, I so then yeah I I I probably had just released or had released the original Tonal Recall a few months before that or something. It was kind yeah, of, that's about right. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I was think I was getting all excited about about that and getting all hot and bothered about it and then <laughs> uh my friend peter bregman came along and um we whipped together this concept for brothers mm-hmm. really like that just once that came together then it, i got obsessed with that and i was like i need to make this pedal now because um i might be able to sell them right um, <laughs> You know, Thermae <laughs> was a little more abstract. Like, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Maybe, yeah, we'll see. But, you know, once we started talking about that concept with brothers, it seemed like the next thing that I should be doing. So that took up all of my time for a while. Yeah. I, and I remember with, it was uh, the brothers released and then quite a while down the road then the condor came out and i remember both times like i don't remember if i texted you or if i tagged you on instagram or something but it was like joel is this the one is this the is this the oh, yeah. i've been waiting for <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was both times it was like no i was like hmm i wonder i wonder what this thing's gonna be a lot of people thought i knew um i didn't <laughs> no. i didn't know i true. had no idea what it was um yeah well, but, especially uh, at the time when we first were talking about it, you know, if it would have been a little bit uh, later in the game, I probably just would have fessed up off air about what right. it was. But just because I was so unsure what was going to happen with it and, you know, the fact that it took two years since I had the idea to actually come out with it, you know, a lot can happen in that time. So I just didn't want to talk about it specifically, well, I think, you know. Well, yeah, I remember, I think on the episode, I should have went back and referenced it too. Um, I think at the time you said you didn't even really know if, if your idea could be done in the way you yeah, were Yeah, it actually it. couldn't. It didn't work the way that it, I was hoping. Um, what I wanted to do originally is I wanted to be able to make a continuous uh pitch a shift in the analog realm. And I still think it's possible, but it just kind of got to the point because it was, there's a lot of challenges and it's pretty noisy that I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I just don't know if it is worth it to do this in the analog realm. <clears throat> it might just not be worth it. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, uh, it's something I struggle with a lot because, you know, my, my, Focus is with analog effects, but I'm not just going to make something analog just, you know, for the heck of it. it ha- I want it to sound really interesting and, you know, and good. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of, I get emails a lot about, you know, doing reverb and, you know, people have these ideas about, you know, I, I could, I could have it, you know, like these little springs in my little enclosure 
It's like, man, that's gonna, <laughs> that's not gonna sound good, you know? It's gonna sound yeah. like something, but it's just, I don't <laughs> think it's what I'm going for. Yeah, the, the springs really need, like, the re, those spring reverbs work because of the length of the tank. Um, yeah, and it just but, seems like, generally speaking, the longer that you go, the, you know, the more, it's, it's, I, I shouldn't say, the better that it sounds, but it's, um, the long reverb, or, you know, the, the long springs that are available on the market right now are, are generally the ones I think sound the best. Yeah. I would agree with that too. So, yeah, for sure. So that does lead me to something I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I know lots of people are, I mean, I even see, have seen, uh, and I'm sure you have too, um, people do graphic mock-ups of a, uh, of a mock-ups rather. Let me use my words properly. Um, of a Chase Bliss reverb. And I know that's generally accepted by those in the know that that's not really very doable in the analog realm outside of um, springs, basically, and plates, which aren't not feasible mm-hmm. for pedal production most of the time. Um, are you totally against trying to get into the DSP world? I know that's not what your brand is, but is it something that you would consider doing? Definitely. I think that, I don't know. It's like, if, if I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm getting to the point where I don't want to limit myself. Like, I'm mm-hmm. really into analog stuff. That's, that's like, that's what I'm, I think I'm particularly skilled at. So I want to, you know, as, uh, I'm, uh, does, uh, does, Brian uh, Wampler talk about Gary Vaynerchuk a lot in your guys' oh. podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, not in okay. the podcast so much, but but we definitely talk oh, about sure. Yeah, Gary V quite a bit. So so yeah, I mean I I'm a fan, and uh, you know one thing he always says is to triple down at what you're good at, and <clears throat> I think. You know, the digital control of analog technology is that's what I'm good at. So that's, that's what I like. That's what interests me. So that's why, um, that's why my products are like that. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I, at, 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 at some point that might become too constraining. And, you know, I just, I, I, I I, I want to be I want to be able to use all the colors on the rainbow. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to say like, oh, I I can't. There's no way I can do that because I've set up this arbitrary rule for myself that, you know, and I I don't like rules. <laughs> I feel similarly. Yeah. Yes. So the answer is a good solid maybe because a lot of people actually. <laughs> yes. I. I've heard, like, you know, forum guys and, and other things, like, people will say, I wonder if Chase Bliss is going to make a reverb or some other sort of digital effect. And some people are, like, adamantly, like, stamp their feet, and they're like, you see the slogan? Digital mm-hmm. brain, analog heart. He's not going to do that. And I've always kind of thought to myself, if Joel thinks he can do something cool, he's going to do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's was that was always my gut instinct. I didn't know that for sure without asking, but I thought if he if he comes up with some sort of crazy digital thing, I I w- was willing to bet money that you would you would explore it, you know. Um so basically yeah, I would say that that's accurate for sure. Yeah. So basically yeah. everyone that's possibly looking for a reverb uh don't hold your breath, but you know, don't write it off either, basically. I mean, at some point, at some point, I'm going to come out with a reverb, right? I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. One would th- well, I mean, I want you to. I mean, I would like that. to, I would <laughs> like to, I would like to come out with something from like all genres of effects or try to make a new effect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, that's what makes, it makes it interesting to try new stuff. Um, I, yeah, for sure. That's what keeps it interesting, honestly. Yeah. And really, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing how, you know, I, this probably doesn't come as a surprise to anyone, but I'm, I really love analog delays. Um, but me too. Now it's like, yeah, my last <laughs> two out of my three. Well, I guess, yeah, we did a new version of more vinyl, but you know, we did, it's <laughs> like tonal recall came out. And then, uh, brothers came out a year after. And then, um, we started doing the mods for tonal recall to make the delay time longer, the red knob version. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then we did a new version of warp vinyl, warp vinyl hi-fi. And now, you know, we came out with Thermae or Thermae and Condor, but Thermae is another you, you know, you could, you probably wouldn't call it just an analog delay, but that's the, that's the technology that it uses. So I feel like I, with that one, I, you know, I already came out with tonal recall, which is more of like a classic sounding analog delay. And then I think it kind of freed me up a little bit to like really go crazy with something and really like try to push, uh, you know, this, this technology that I've been developing where you have, uh, a, a microprocessor manipulating an analog signal path. In the, in the case of Thermae, there's three microprocessors in that, in that at all that, that are manipulating various things in the analog signal path. And I feel like I really, went all out and I, I I'm, I'm like I can't imagine at least now like coming out with another analog <clears throat> delay in the foreseeable f- future you know so right all this other stuff is like you know you know really interesting to me to look at other types of effects because I've been working on I feel like I've been working on analog delay for a while, you know? Yeah. Do do you feel like you've, in, in, in your mind, you've, you've kind of pushed that particular sort of technology to its limit, or do you think there's more that could be done with it? Um, that's a really good question. I mean, that like straight up harmonizer thing, that would be like, if I could just stop time and just work on that some more, I might want to, cause it, I think there could be some interesting applications there, but 
at the same time, there was a reason I kind of stopped. I was kind of like, I don't know, man. I don't think this is really happening. Um, so, I mean, I would never have the hubris to say that I've pushed it to its limit because I just think that's a crazy thing to say. But I think that for my limits, for what I'm capable of at this time in my life, like, I really tried to max that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's probably a good, a good way to frame it. Cause, you know, as, uh, you know, you might, every time you think that you're at the top of your game, you find, you tend to find somebody. Oh, yeah. Who's oh, better. Yeah, totally. It kind of doesn't yeah. really matter what you're doing. <laughs> like, well, not just I, that. I got too. this, you know? Yeah, but then you're also, you know, competing with yourself too. So then a year from now, I'll look back at something I did and just be like, oh my gosh. Wow. That was really, not like that. I don't want to say stupid, but like I would do that. I wouldn't do that the same way today that I did it a year ago. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just, you know, so people, that's funny. Like I get, I think I catch more flack online about versions of things than most companies. Maybe, maybe I'm just too sensitive. I'm pretty sensitive. But people will be like, Oh, I'm just going to wait for the version two. It's like, gosh, do you say that about your iPhone and like every electronic product that you're just going to, it's like, yes, people get better at things and they make new versions of things. Like, Mm -hmm. otherwise, I mean, otherwise I could just sit here and tinker in my office until I died. And I, hopefully I would just keep getting, keep improving at whatever I was doing and never release anything. Or if you're an artist or a musician, like what? Are, someone's just gonna say, "Oh, I'm, I'm not gonna buy this album. I'm just gonna wait till his next album." That's better. right. When they when they get better, like, right? It's just like, come on, man. This is like human life. Like I'm, you know, I'm not gonna buy that painting because he's just gonna paint another picture in a, you know, in a year. <laughs> and it's, it's gonna be so, it's gonna be know. a lot better picture than this. I just kind of see it, yeah. But maybe it won't be, you know. Maybe it'll be worse. I don't know. I'm just like I'm, I, I don't know. I just I I, I don't like that that whole, um, that whole thing where where it's upsetting to people. Where I mean, I guess I get it, but it's just sort of frustrating to me a little bit. It, it's kind of hard because, you know, as much as the people who are really into it understand and appreciate, there is, uh, I mean, yeah, it's engineering and science, but also there's, there is art to doing yes. a lot of this stuff. And, oh, I totally and, see it that way. Yeah. And, and I just think that, that some people get caught up in the, I mean, they get caught up in in thinking of it as a consumer electronic product, which it is. Yeah. At the end of the day, but they they sometimes you know the people who say I'm just going to wait for V2, they don't realize there might be some things about um, V1 that is actually cooler to them, which is why I never sent my Spectre in to get modded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. Yeah, I always love. I have a certain fondness for people that have. Uh, um, an original Spectre and just they don't want to send it in because they like it. It's just like, yeah, that's my type of person. But, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I read some comment on, um, uh, when Warp Vinyl Hi Fi came out about someone saying, I, I don't understand why this, 
this wasn't the version that was released originally. And that, you know, there's a couple things there. I, I was, I was going for, I mean, the main thing is I was going for a certain sound with the original Mort vinyl. It's like very lo-fi and it is noisy and, you know, it's just, it's got a certain aesthetic to it or whatever. But the other mm-hmm. thing is like, I didn't know how to. Like, I, straight up, like, I didn't. I didn't know how to make that pedal five, you know, four or five years ago that, that you know, just came out in December. I just didn't know how to. I, I've learned a lot, and I'm, you know, planning to continue to learn a lot. It's almost like this is a process or something. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's like, I want to know, I want to know what that guy does and just be like, whatever project he just submitted at, you know, his work. Just be like, why didn't you do that five years ago? You know, it's just, it's crazy. It's, you know, well, you, you know, we're all, we're all, you know, learning and, and stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really good to remember like behind, you know, especially in this business, but really every business behind just about every product that exists, there's a, there's a person who has put a lot of effort into it in some, some way. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's in, it like why I don't know, you know, why did the iPhone X not come out, you know, first? Why didn't <laughs> like, it come out in 1980? Like, come on, yeah. guys. <laughs> like Apple, get on our level. Come on. Yeah, jeez. Like, I mean, it really is. Where's, like everything's a process. But seriously though, where is my jetpack and where is my flying car? Like, let's get on with it. I know, we've been talking about that since the 60s. Like, we yeah. really we have the technology these days. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's Come one on, thing Elon. we can all be critical about. You know, totally get it together, acceptable. Mr. Musk. Yeah. But seriously, at least a hoverboard. Yeah, I mean, uh, or in your case, you know, you'd want hover dream. blades. Oh, oh man, the thing is, I'm like, I'm, I'm such a bad rollerblader. Like, I, I don't. I don't know. Like I didn't, even though I'm from Minnesota, I didn't grow up playing hockey. So I look ridiculous. I just like it. So I do it. That's, uh, basically the story of my life. I look ridiculous, <laughs> but I like it. So I do it. That's kind of people. Kind I of mean, how people I roll. That, I love that. People probably look at me when I'm stroller blading and think that guy probably shouldn't be pushing a stroller with a little human in it while he's on those. I, and maybe, I maybe I shouldn't. I dip, I think it probably depends on where you are. Like if you know you're on the the side of a a freeway, I would probably yeah. agree with those people. But if you're going around the park, ah, you're fine. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm I'm pretty careful. You know. Mm-hmm. You, I I remember we talked about this. I don't think that the stroller was involved the first time. I think the oh, stroller really? is a new as a new addition to the rollerblading equation. If I remember correctly. You no, know, I'm usually not very confident in remembering things. Well, no, I don't. Sometimes, sometimes I, I surprise myself. I have really good memory, but sometimes I'm just like a space cadet. Space mm-hmm. cadet. I'm almost 100% certain that we talked about stroller blading on episode one. First we, time. We probably we probably did. My memory is. I think your memory is wrong. I think it's it could wrong. Be. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. 
Um, Man, this is going to be a really weird thing for me if I'm wrong because, you know, I don't know. This happens to me, and it's just it's so weird when you think you're right, when you're so sure you're right. And I'm I'm sure I'm right, but I very well could be wrong. <laughs> well, we there's only one way to know. There's we're only one way to, to know. We're going to have to explore this in, in greater yeah. depth. Mm-hmm. I wonder sometimes, you know, like obviously there's – there's more people listening now than there were the first time. Um, but uh, it's interesting for me to see sometimes when people come on for the second time. Uh, not, I don't have a ton of return guests, but I have a handful. Mm-hmm. Almost immediately, like it's like uh, there's like several hundred more downloads on the prior episode, which is oh, always really? kind of interesting. Yeah. And when Thermay came out, we were kind of poking at it back and forth, and I think it ended up in some forums somewhere. So, some people thought there was a, not when the Thermae came out, but when it was first teased. Um, yeah, there was like pe- a hint. People thought there was going to be some sort of uh, information in the episode. So the, it really spiked up um, that day that it was teased. And I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of people kind of like, there wasn't anything. They didn't say anything in that episode. <laughs> I was just like super vague about it. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, well, I, I never just... said that it was, it was, uh, confirmed or anything it was just hinted uh, at. yeah i think i, I might think have it was that fire a little bit too because i think i did an instagram post and i was like hey tone mob this is the one we talked about in that podcast a couple years ago people are like what? yeah yeah people are, huh who did what yeah it was and it was funny because i knew there wasn't any information in it as far as like mm-hmm. hard information i and this is where my brain thinks that i'm pretty right i'm I'm pretty sure you told me it was literally that day. Um, yeah. While, no, yeah, that, so yeah, it, that sounds right. Um, so yeah, for some reason in my head it was a shower idea, but it must have been a, it must have been a rollerblading idea, cause I know we talked about that too. Yeah. Well, cause, uh, I mean, I remember that day pretty well too, because I, I, we, I strolled, we strollerbladed, me and my son, he was in the, he was in the stroller. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe I should define strollerblading. It's just, you, you push, uh, I mean, presumably a jogging stroller, one, you know, with the big wheels or whatever, that's, you know, a little bit more mm-hmm. rugged and you just push it with rollerblades. And I love it so much. I th- think it's called strollerblading. I don't think I made up the term strollerblading. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Um, yeah, I'm almost certain I didn't. Right? You've heard of strollerblading. No, I have. Okay, it, it, maybe, it, uh, I don't think I did. It, that seems like too obvious of a thing. It could be, but sometimes those are the those are the best things. Sometimes yeah, it's so, just right in front of people; they just don't grab it right away. <laughs> so we went to the park, and I was just you know how sometimes you just get so excited about something, and you just mm-hmm. I was just so excited about it, I just couldn't wait to work and and. It was, it was cool. It was a cool experience because, uh, the first tonal recall release, which was, I think it, I don't think it was too, too much farther after that was like probably the most stressful thing ever. Like still to this day, uh, no releases have even come close to, to how stressful that was because there was just like such a demand for it. Even it, there was more demand for that than anything we released after that. And, it was like we had such a small team. It was uh, me and my uh, first employee, uh, Zach, who still works here, 
and then uh, my old sales manager, Holly, and it was just the three of us, and my parents were helping, and then uh, Holly and Zach's significant others were helping because we, like, oh, man, we just – and it was just trying to ship all these pedals and, like, trying to, like, figure out how to calibrate tonal recalls. There's more variation in production than we thought, and it, it was just – Oh gosh, I've never been so stressed. I, sometimes I just think back to that and I think I'm just glad that's not happening to me right now. <laughs> so I think it was the first time, it was one of the first times where I really got excited about working on something again. You know, cause I'd kind of been just beaten down for a few months there with the, with the stress of the tonal recall release. So it was a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I remember talking to you a couple times before that, trying to get a podcast squeezed in there, and you're like, man, it's just, I'm so stressed right now. I don't think it would be a a good time to talk, because I'm just, he's like, you're like, trying to calibrate, there's just so many variations in those those things, despite what we would like to think, and you have to Mm -hmm. calibrate all of them, and Mm -hmm. yeah. I I mean, maybe you can elaborate on that for people who don't know what we're talking. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, one thing uh, that a lot of people that are into gear, like, probably are aware of is, you know, you hear sometimes about old vintage deluxe memory mans, Mm -hmm. where people will say like, oh, I had two side by side, they sound nothing alike, Um, or they'll, you know. You know, they said that they, you know, they have an old deluxe memory man, and they just sent it in to uh, to Howard Davis, who was the um, original designer of the deluxe memory man, and he um, he will still service. People's vintage deluxe memory mans for a fee. So like I don't think I knew be, that. That's interesting. Yeah, I, you know what? I don't know with certainty that he still offers that, but I know a few years ago he did. Okay. And so if people were selling one, that would be something that they would highlight. Like this was recently serviced by Howard Davis, and so um, I guess it's just. You know, there's just a lot of uh, there's in the in the tonal recall specifically. There's several parts that have uh, wide tolerances that mm-hmm. that you know require calibration with little trim pots and internally as we're looking at things at a on a scope and um, uh. And when we were first, or when I was first designing tonal recall, it's like, you know, you make one prototype. That's, that's one thing. You know, it's, it's actually not, well, as I've learned, I think this, this is, this is not just guitar pedals. It's like all elect, electronics. It's not necessarily that hard to make one thing work or sound awesome. But then to make a lot of them do that and make it repeatable. So because of the scale and the demand of tonal recall was so high at the beginning, 
Um, and we're kind of just figuring some of this stuff out for the first time. So it's like the first 10 tonal recalls I got, it's like that for, you know, unluckily actually went really smoothly. So I'm like, oh, we got this. <laughs> but I think yeah, like, like the we sample size out. was small. So then also we got the first couple hundred and it's like, well, wait a second. What's going on here? You know? And that process of learning, like, like some of them, we just, you know, we had to replace things, you know, replace parts, but we didn't know that at the time, you know? So now, you know, we've been through, I think we're almost up to like 4,000 total recalls and we're just wow. getting through about 500 th- thermes. But we've, and Zach especially, who was here at the time, but you now he's kind of taught everybody else that does the calibration, really understands uh, the variations. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we, you know, we can do this stuff very competently now, but it took a lot of, um, a lot of trial, and, or not trial and error, but just, it just took more experience because, we didn't have that experience at the time, and and there's just you know it's just a lot coming at you then because you're trying to make these things quickly and people you know you want to get them out on time but you also want to make them sound really great and it's it, it was just it was a lot of stuff that I wasn't used to happening. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a tough time for sure, but it uh, it probably was I, I am projecting here, but it was probably a good thing overall because like you said now you got it down like yeah. you had to like go, go through the fire to get it down but now you know if you would want to explore anything else in that realm in the future i feel like you you guys probably know certain things to look for a certain yeah thing like, well yeah these are going to show up and a certain percentage of them are going to be this way so totally keep that in mind you know yeah, yeah, and Zach's really good at it. It's, it's cool because he's way better than me at it. So I love it when there's there's a lot of stuff at Chase Bliss that I suck at and other people are better at, and it's just really mm-hmm. nice when it works out like that. I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, it it kind of, you know, just going back to the whole thing about the versions thing, you know, if you if you didn't ever come out with something, you know, if you didn't ever release a product or an album or whatever, and you never went through that process of, you know, calibrating a few hundred of something, then you would have never had that knowledge in the first place. You know, you'd be like trying to perfect this prototype, but then like n- n- never understanding the, the realities of, 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 you know, certain tolerances and variances in some analog components because mm-hmm. you never had that experience. Yeah. It also, like, the, that whole process makes more sense to me than it did, you know, whatever that was yeah. two years back. Because, Probably makes um, more sense to me, too. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I, I, well, I, I don't know if we talked about this ever, but um, we, a couple of years ago, we were, you know, some friends and I were at... Uh, the Tacoma Guitar Show um, up in Washington. Uh-huh. And, um, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the listeners, and, and you know Leon from, from Pelican. Um, oh, yeah. And then my good buddy Jess, we were both up there, and then a whole bunch of other guys, I think 
Rick Matthews was there. Um, I can't remember who all was up there, but a bunch of guys that we kind of mutually know. Um, uh, Dylan Witherow was there, and he had yep. he had two tonal recalls before they were released. And I think you would have probably had a bit of a snicker because we were all just kind of chilling there uh, in mm-hmm. the same same room. Um, it was getting close to the end of the day, and we're all kind of over in one corner, and Dylan is kind of goes to his bag over in another corner and pulls out a tonal recall, and you just seen everybody's face light up, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, oh, is that what I think it is? And like everybody, like I was, I think I was jamming on some weird random like DoD fuzz or something that I had picked up at the show, and everybody just kind of like threw everything down and like ran over. And then I was like, no, there's two of them. Why does he have two total recalls? <laughs> and, <laughs> and so we were, we, we talked about it and Dylan kind of explained the situation and we played through them and everybody was like, oh man, this is great. But it was just, you would have really got a kick out of like everybody like basically throwing everything on the ground and like 15 guys running over to check out the shiny box. It was a pure, exa- like the purest example of like, <laughs> Gear nerds, like whoa, just zeroing in on the thing. But now, like, oh man, kind of ex- yeah. explaining it, it all makes sense now. Oh, I actually have a lot to say about that. That brings back some memories. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is interesting, I guess. Um, so yeah, I was working on it, you know, working on the pedal, and I was feeling really, really, I was really liking it. Um. I, I had it so that the repeats broke up in a way that that I I don't know I was really I thought was really cool at the time, um, and then I started sending out some of the early units you know to demoers and stuff, and man it's just it was so you know it's just so many things and um, I heard back or I I I got some videos from a Dylan. And they sounded awesome. I don't know if like his pedal, for whatever reason, was just maybe his was calibrated a little bit better. Um, but then he he was he was into it. He sent the videos, and I'm like, man, that sounds really good. Like he was. Uh, um, the other thing is he was playing with a Strat, so it had a little mm-hmm. lower, lower lower output and didn't suffer from some of the headroom issues that some of the super early tonal recalls did. Um, so it's just, it sounded really good. I'm like, great, great. This is awesome. And then I got this email from this other guy, um, this other demo. And he's like, dude, it's just like, I don't know what to say. He's like, it's just doesn't, it's just not really right. Like this is happening. This is happening. And I was like, well, that's, you know, kind of what I'm going for. And then, um, and, but then I started, I, then I started hearing back from, um, uh, some of the guys that, 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 that helped me out with beta testing and it was like half of them were into it and the other half were just like not feeling it and it was i was like what man what do i need to do and i i'm like maybe i need to smooth out these repeats a little bit so they don't get so smeary and then at the same time um knobs the demoer he came out with his demo and it had the smeary repeats um Mm -hmm. and like the low headroom and and stuff and um his demo it's it's still like I go back and listen to it. he 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 it really really fit in well with his um aesthetic and um 
he he really made a cool demo. But um, when I I went back and said like I was just get, it was getting to be too much feedback. Like ooh, geez, man, I don't know, I don't know about this. These I think people are gonna not 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 like this. And this is like a month before it's supposed to come out. Oh and yeah, we, you know I we have, we have yeah. Matt, just tons and tons of interest and tons of orders, and so I look in, I rework it, and then I I just kind of like one night I was I was so stressed out, and like uh, um, gosh, how old was my kid too? <laughs> like it was horrible. Um, and uh, I'm, it's late, and I'm like, you know, yeah, I gotta, I, you know, I gotta, I just gotta smooth this out a little bit and just make it a little more, um, a little more palatable, you know. So then. I made this change. I I I uh, switched out some values, and um, I sent a new one to Dylan, and he liked the first one I sent him. But then he said, "Yeah, I I, I prefer this one." And then everybody I sent new one to, they preferred the new one. So mm-hmm. then it, it was like I got in a situation though where Knobs already had this demo out that was like really popular, you know, because he's you know, he's got a big following and he, he even had a big following uh you know, a couple of years ago. And so it's so funny though, we'll still get we'll still get emails from people that'll be like, oh, no, I want the one from the original knobs version. I want that sound. And we we've tried to like we've recreated that on a few. And I, I think in every single occurrence that we actually send that pedal out to people. They return it. They're like, nah, I guess not. Nah, I guess I don't like it. I just like oh. the <laughs> demo of it. You know what I mean? So there was also all that happened. Yeah, it was. And so that, yeah, that's, that's you know, that's why uh, Dylan had had the two versions. But I think actually his early version was a little bit of a special one that, and partly Dylan's just a really good player. So he probably, you know, just made it sound cool, even if it wasn't good. Well, yeah, there is that factor for sure with him. He's really yeah. he's really talented and mm-hmm. very good at bringing out the best in things. But I I played both of those, and I okay. remember thinking, granted, it was at the end of a of a long guitar festival day, so my ears were not in peak performance by any stretch of the imagination. Totally. But but I remember thinking like like going back before between them and. It would have been hard for me to tell you which one I liked better, because. Mm-hmm. But you, I, you know, I like analog delays a lot. Yeah. And I like, I like them for their flaws. Um, yeah. And the graininess and the smeariness that comes along with some of those older units. Um, mm-hmm. And it, and so I, I really liked. I was like, I was like, well, I can definitely see why a lot of people would prefer the second version. I really did like the first version. At I least think the one that's that Dylan what, had. Yeah, I think maybe Dylan's was a you know for whatever reason we kind of got that one right, but um, that was the other thing that was so stressful too is because you know before the pedals there was a lot there was just not that much pressure to try to please everybody you know, and then all of a sudden there was all this interest in this new delay pedal which is great because you know I want to like run, you know, run a business and make a living. But, but then it was like, oh man, this like has to be, 
this has to work for a lot of people rather than just rather than just you know a few people that are into this weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, it it was it was a new chapter. Yeah, and that that actually brings up something else that I wanted to talk to you about. And I wish I could have said this back in the day, maybe help. I don't know. I don't know what it what it would have done. Maybe it wouldn't have done anything. But I remember a lot of people when that came out, and they're like, a lot of people were like, "Well, this doesn't sound like a memory man." And oh I'm like, yeah, I had to deal with that too. I'm I'm like, uh, are you guys on drugs? On what planet did you think this was a memory man at all? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I yeah. that, that that reaction blew me away. But maybe I was a little bit close to the situation. But I was like, I never had any. As much as I like analog delays, I never had any delusions that this was a memory man sounding pedal ever. Yeah, I, someone um, pointed out to me. I think it was uh, Ben at Dwarfcraft uh, because I actually mm-hmm. had brought I had brought one of the early versions over to him and went to visit his shop. Dang, I think that's the last time I've been to his shop. I need to visit him again there. Um, and he he liked it because you know that's more his his style. And so he was mm-hmm. into it. Um, and then I was telling him about the deluxe memory man stuff because I had noticed people were saying that, like, can it do, you know, the DMM sound? And I was like, I'm kind of worried about that. Like everyone's just going to think it's, or they're going to want it to sound like something it's not. And he's like, well, he's like the color scheme is a little bit, you know, with like, you know, the old, the old, uh, deluxe memory man's had the silver enclosures and it, it had a little bit of that vibe. So he was like, maybe that's part of it. People are thinking that just like the art is a little bit in that vein, you know? I don't know, but yeah, yeah. that was, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I could see that, but I thought mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. But there again, like I said, I might be a little close to the situation to not, you know, sometimes that's yeah. a problem. You know, like you, like something that seemed blatantly obvious to me, but maybe I was missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I still think, I don't know. There's a lot of, there was a lot of people early on that were just kind of, I think cause there was maybe, maybe straight up clones were like a lot more prevalent a few years ago or like five years ago that, that there was p- people that were just thinking like, Oh, cool. This guy's going to make clones and just add digital control to it. And, my thought was always, I mean, one, I just wasn't interested in that. I wanted to come up with something that, you know, had, had my little imprint on it, you know? And, um, and the other thing is that I always thought just from like a pure business standpoint, even though it's not easy to, digitally control analog stuff. It's also not rocket science. Like I've always, I'm always, I'm still kind of surprised there's not more of it. Like there's not just like a tube screamer, you know, with digital control. There's just not. Well, and that's one thing that is actually interesting is there will be, right? I mean, Oh, there was. was. Yeah. And I wonder if people haven't ventured into, and that could change. Um, I'm think, thinking yeah. specifically about the TC Electronics Nova series. They had oh, that yeah. drive was, pedal that, yeah, but that was I thought that was very underrated. Though? 
that wasn't a tube screamer. Was a tube screamer? screamer is it? Is a tube was. screamer and a rat? Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't realize uh, that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So there's that like an analog tube screamer style overdrive and an analog rat style overdrive or distortion rather in the same mm-hmm. box. And then you had like man, I think, that's awesome. I gotta get one of those. Oh, dude, it's so it's one of the first like one of the first pedals I got really excited about. Um, mm-hmm. This was kind of you know this was right when it first dropped. And, you know, there was all these PGS demos and stuff. And I thought, why are more people not into this thing? I think it had, or has, because I still have one. Um, I think it has, like, 90 presets, or no, 60 presets. And, wow. like, a ton ton of functionality for a drive pedal. And it just kind of, the whole series kind of flopped. But all <laughs> of the ones I've played, granted it was just the Nova repeater and the drive so far, we're really ahead of their time. I don't know why they flop so hard. Um, mm-hmm. But I should send you this one, Lee. Check it out. Because they're, they're, they're out there, but not super common. <laughs> yeah, I I would love that. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the Deluxe Memory Man thing, too. The other thing that just was... Here's, oh. I think this is why we thought it was so silly, is that there's literally a Deluxe Memory Man in production today that right. Electro Harmonics makes that you can buy that they're going to be able to make it cheaper than I ever could because there's way more of them. And I guess maybe, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like it's already, it already, it's already there. Why would I make another one? I mean, well, I guess it I doesn't mean, have, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're, you're on the right track there too, but, um, but you got to keep in mind too, there's companies that, that, that basically have built their whole existence out of, you know, Big Muffs, even though yeah. Electro Harmonics sells those too, you know it, it's. Oh I'm yeah, not yeah. Saying that's a bad thing. I love I love mm-hmm. Big Muff variants mm-hmm. of all flavors. Who doesn't? But uh, who doesn't? A monster person I can't associate with. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's so true. Um, so I think there there's some level of of cloning that's like almost expected or at least accepted. Well, there definitely is some level that's accepted. And so maybe they thought, oh, I can't wait to see what Joel's take on a DMM is. And that's not at all what it was. And where was it supposed to be? Or did you ever say that to my knowledge? Um, What's nice, I think, is that um, since I've been around a little bit longer now, even though I still think the company's pretty, I mean, I think that, that, that it's, you know, it's been around long enough where a, a lot of people know who we are, but a ton of people don't, you know. So, but that said, for the people that are familiar with the products we put out, they're not expecting, they're, they're expecting to it to be kind of its own th- thing. So mm-hmm. just because we've, we're a little bit more established than we were two years ago, you know. So that that does kind of make me think of something interesting. You've always followed, you know, the same uh, format, basically, for your products. Yeah. Have you ever thought about, like, either going even crazier and getting a bigger enclosure and going even more nuts or stripping things back a little bit? Um, have, have, has that ever crossed your mind? Yeah, it's definitely crossed my mind, and I've thought more about both of those things 
lately than I ever have, actually. Um, it was funny. I was actually, I think it was like, not quite a year ago. I was camping with a friend of mine, or I was, I, I always go camping with the same guys every year. And, um, nice. Yeah, it's awesome. Although two of them aren't going this year. Anyway, I don't want to get emotional about that, so I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> but anyway, okay. this one guy, this one guy, um, uh, he, he's like, so are you just gonna like release a pedal in that format, um, every, you know, six months or a year for the next like, you know, 20 years or, you know, what's your plan here? And it just got me right. thinking. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And so I, I've, you know, I've definitely been thinking about venturing out of the form factor, either expanding or reducing, simplifying, you know, like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, it makes way, a lot of sense. Yeah. Either way that I go, or if I go both ways, it, it's not going to be like, here's six new products in our, you know, professional s- series. It'll be like, here's a one thing. I want to see if you like it. And if you don't, I'm not going to make more of them. You know what I mean? It'll be like more, more like just testing the waters. Cause I'm just obsessed with customer f- feedback. You know, if mm-hmm. something's, if something's ha- not happening, like, I'm not into it, you know. Right. No, that's a that's a good thing though. I think that that shows in in how you guys operate as a company and how people generally, you know, talk about Chase Bliss as a company. I think that caring about the feedback and caring about the customers is even if you, you know, don't directly say it all the time, I think it shows that that you yeah, guys I'm do obsessed. care. Spent too much time on Reddit these days. Oh, Reddit's a rough place. I uh, yeah, I know. I think that's why I like it because you just you get more of that unfiltered uh, um, feedback. That's for yeah, some reason you do more. Yeah, but it can hurt you, especially if you're a sensitive baby like me with thin skin. <laughs> can be tough sometimes. Well, something, and this is not just true of Reddit. It's true of many, many different social and internet places. But some, don't you ever just sit back and see somebody? I know you like you look at all the feedback. I know you see it, but do you ever scratch your head like I do and go, "That doesn't make any sense." Like yeah. that feedback is is actually dumb. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I do actually, that. I find yeah. myself doing that more than I would think. Yeah, just sometimes too. It's like, well, that person's never going to be happy. It took me a while to give up on that. You know, you just try to make everyone happy, and then there's just some people that that aren't into your, you know, aren't into your art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you feel kind of like pretentious saying art for some reason, right? In that context, but um, yeah, I mean, that's fine. You just got to accept it and just do your thing. I I have kind of similar wiring in that. Like I I am definitely a people pleaser type person and I want everybody to be happy, but it it did take me a while to get on that wavelength too though. Like, you know what? 
you're just never going to like what I do. And that's okay because there's Mm -hmm. artists and people and, uh, you know, content creators, whatever you want to call it, that I'm just not into. And they they can't do very much that would make me into their thing. It's just not for me. How did you get there? Like, was it just your own self-awareness? Like, you're saying you thinking about how you consume content or, or what? It was it was me realizing that I was stressing out too much about it, mm-hmm. and and knowing that that's not good for you, and then realizing like, um, it was it was kind of a process of thinking about things, right? It was like, okay, this is bothering me. Why is it bothering? Me? Because this person's not happy. Well, why aren't they happy? Well, and if it was something that I could very easily point to myself and be like, well, because you dropped the ball on this thing or because you messed up or whatever. If, but if I sat back and went, no, I've done everything I can and they're still not happy. There's just a certain percentage of people that are that way. So I guess it was sort of a deductive reasoning uh, practice that led me to that. And don't get me wrong. I still get caught up in it sometimes. Yeah. I, uh, I, I read a review that, um, you know, very nicely, uh, um, corrected my grammar. <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. And I was like, Dad to ask my wife, do I really talk like that? And she's like, Yeah. And I'm like, Well, I'm I, I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna have proper English all the time. And I went, No, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Like, it's not gonna happen. I'm too much of a redneck. It just isn't gonna happen. So I'll do my best, uh Mr. Reviewer, I can't remember your name. <laughs> but but I'm sorry. I'm I'm a bit of a hillbilly and it, it comes out in the way I talk quite often. So Sorry, um, man. That's, so yeah, I guess that's it was sort just, of awesome. Just, I, I I I just had to realize that there's some things you can't change and some people you can't please. And I do get caught up in it still, but it is it is nice to go like, it's okay. It's just the internet. I guess. Man, you know what? I just realized that's good. It's like kind of related. Not not really too related, but you. I think every guitar or. Uh, Guitar related or guitar gear podcast I've ever done. At the beginning of the episode, I always self disclose that I stutter just because I don't want the listeners to be thinking like, what, what's up with that guy? That's just like, they don't, then they can like focus more on what I'm saying rather than how I'm saying it. And it just makes me Mm -hmm. feel a little bit more comfortable once that's just out there. And I think I did it on. Uh, the first time I was on the show, but I just realized I haven't brought it up at all. We just jumped right into things. Oh, so, I, that's fine. I feel yeah, like maybe that's, that's progress. That, no, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe it's like, it's like, oh yeah, I guess, you know, I, 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 I stutter. I sort of forgot that I did there for a second, you know, so you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. I think for me and I think, you know, for, for most people, at least, like, the, you know, the super people who, the people who are listening to this are most likely, they're really into it, right? They're very yeah. involved. And it's it's not a, this isn't a casual uh, guitar <laughs> listen. You know, this is this is for nerds like myself. Um, yeah, totally. And, and I think they probably know that you, you do stutter. And I don't mm-hmm. think, at this point, I don't think anyone cares. Like, yeah. Like, like, like it's, it's. I know that it's like a it's it's difficult and you've went through a lot to deal with it and you do a lot to help people who do that but I don't think anyone is even I don't think anyone even 
thinks about it anymore, to be honest. At some point, I don't know. At, yeah, no, I, I think that it's been a few years ago. I told this to my wife something really cool happened with the business because like somebody that I think or, um, someone reached out and was talking about how they, you know, were interested. Actually, I mean, it's happened a few times where, where someone musically who I really like will mm-hmm. reach out and say the pedals are cool, but then they'll also say something about, like, they saw, you know, some kind of stuttering, um, something I'm involved with in the stuttering community, like, you know, helping kids who stutter or whatever, and that they thought that was cool. And I, at one point I told my wife a few years ago, I'm like, I think, and this is like 10 years ago, it would have been insane for me to say this. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I think stuttering has been a net positive on my life. And I, now I like really think that, that it has. But if you'd have tried to convince me of that, you know, 10, 10, 12 years ago, it would have been, that would have been crazy talk. Well, if you want, you know, an outsider's sort of opinion, I think that it not only has been a net positive on your life, but I think it's actually, I mean, I think it's actually been a net positive on many people's lives because of what it's led you to do in the community and to help kids and do these things. I think it's actually been a net positive, not just on you, but I think your family and probably many other people as well, Um, which sounds crazy to say, uh, you know, for something that could, I, I just really, I do feel that way. I've been, I've been paying attention. I guess. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's awesome. That's well, I appreciate that, dude. Cheesy, Seriously. Cheesy thank way you. of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, and you're right. Maybe it is kind of a sign that like, you, I remember you did give it kind of a disclaimer of sorts at the beginning. And, mm-hmm. um, I understand why you would, why you would do that. But at the same time, yeah, I just, I, I think it's, I think it's a non-issue, at least in this community, basically. It'll be kind of interesting now that we're talking about it, and we don't we don't have to talk about it anymore because <laughs> it, it is a <laughs> target podcast after all. But um, oh no, it's mostly in, a food podcast actually. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's right. As uh, um, as I've gotten older, and especially the last few years, I've become a lot less aware of my stuttering. I used to be like super hyper aware of it, and in this conversation mm-hmm. in particular. Like in my mind, because it's not impeding my con, my, uh, my communication. Um, mm-hmm. it's not, it's just like I just, I'm just not concerned with it. And so in my mind, I've like hardly stuttered at all in this conversation, but sometimes it's really surprising when I, you know, I'll go back and I'll listen to the podcast and I, I'll, I bet I'll be surprised one way or the other. Be like, wow, I actually did stutter way more than I thought or wow, I, I really, really wasn't stuttering very often in that conversation, but it's usually not, it's usually different than how I remember it in the moment. The experiences are like way different listening back than actually, uh, the being the person that is doing the communication in real time. 
I mean, isn't it funny though that like that's kind of how almost any recorded experience is. Oh, dude, like, you're so you're right. A, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're playing a show, it's like yes, dude, totally, man. It's the same, yeah. And you'll listen back and be like, oh, I didn't suck that bad. Like that's actually all right. Or <laughs> wow, I thought we were so good and we were actually not that good. Yeah, you know? I I think it's that way with everything. I mean, even. Even it shows, even like as an attendee being at concerts, I bet like there's times where I'm like, that band slayed. Where if I just watched, if I would have watched it on a live video or something, I would have been like, oh, they're kind of sloppy tonight. But for oh, some yeah. reason, my experience is, is warped, you know, mm-hmm. by being there in the moment. And I think that's a good thing. And I think yeah. it's a good reminder that you can't get everything via uh, uh, you can't get everything about an experience via technology. Like some people, are like, oh, I'd rather just listen to it on on my phone, or I'd rather just watch it on TV. And it, it's like, yeah, you don't. You're missing a huge part of the experience by doing that. Mm-hmm. It is different. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I'm going <laughs> yeah. with that. No, it's like I was thinking about you saying that. I was thinking about my father-in-law because he he's in he's got a, like a pretty nice sound system in his living room. And he likes to watch watch concerts. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm always like, or, you know, we've had the discussion, I think, uh, uh, a few years ago, Paul McCartney came to time, or, or came to town, and I was like, I'm gonna go to that show, cause mm-hmm. I'll probably never, I've never seen Paul McCartney live, I never will probably again, so I'm gonna go, even though it was wildly expensive. And I mm-hmm. thought it was great. That was so awesome. And I record, you know, I was one of those guys that like recorded a little bit on my phone and my father-in-law, you know, like every sane person, he's a fan of the Beatles. So I was like playing it back. I'm like, he's like, man, he sounds terrible. I'm like, oh man, he sounded like he sounded great. Um, and you know, to him, it's just, there's, yeah, it's, it's so different when you're there, you know, it's just different. It is. It's so different. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, Joel, I know you got to run here shortly. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, time but, uh, flies when you're talking talking to you. I I could do this for hours. I really do. <laughs> I really do enjoy this a lot. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I know we talked about pizza last time, but it would be you know it would be wrong of me not to inquire since so much has changed in your life and so many things have happened. Uh, you still have the same pizza preferences as last time you were on the show. I don't even remember what I said last time, but we have this weird phenomenon in our house now where my son, who is uh, he's three, and he's really into pizza, and the, but he's also very particular that it has to have pepperoni and peppers and pineapple on it. Like he's obsessed. Interesting. And I've come, you'd think it would get old, but... I, I'm into it. I like it. So that's, that's what I'm going to roll with. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm going the, the, the slight Hawaiian route. Well, the pineapple. Because I like you. It's I con- will controversial. From, yeah. I'll refrain <laughs> from commenting on the pineapple aspect of it. But, uh, <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. But hey, the kids got, the kids got to eat. I, yeah. I have a, I have a, uh, almost three year old who also okay. is a, a fan of the pie. Um, but he's not as particular. He just he just likes pizza. Okay. So. Awesome. Anyway, anything else you would like to plug? Where can people find you? What uh, 
what should we be looking out for and all that good stuff before we hop off? I would say I'm working on more things simultaneously and like have more things in the hopper than ever before by a lot. So there's a lot going on. I am going to slow down a little bit in the summer just to, you know, take a few deep breaths. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be lots and lots of stuff in Chase Bliss World coming out over the next few years that'll hopefully be be exciting. And yeah, chaseblissaudio.com is the spot. All right, man. Find things. Yeah. Find beautiful, beautiful things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for coming on, Joel. Uh, yeah, I, man. I really appreciate it. Really like talking to you as always. So, Likewise. for Joel, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. So after this episode was done recording, I went in the house and was talking with my wife, and I was just telling her, you know, Joel is a national treasure. He really is. Every time I get done talking with him, I am just, like, smiling and, like, so much happier that I got to talk to him. Not because he's, like, some sort of fancy, you know, celebrity-type person. Just because he's a genuinely awesome dude, and he's making genuinely awesome products, and I just really, really like what he's contributing to society on a whole. So go check out the Chase Bliss products if you haven't already. I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, Scoot on over there and check them out. They are amazing, and the company's really doing cool things, and they've come a long ways since I was first aware of them. So, as always, folks, thank you for listening. If you need me for anything, you know where to find me on all the socials, info at tonemob.com for the email, or tag me in the ToneMob Facebook group and all that other jazz. You know how to get a hold of me. Take care. Have a good week. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you, that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.